Hello and welcome to Breaking Social. I'm Alex. And I'm Joe. And we're the founders of award-winning marketing agency, Campfire. In our new podcast series, we sit down with a guest to unpick their business journey and find out their secrets to success in branding and marketing. This week, we're going to be speaking to Amy and Kira Lawler-Skillen, the founders of Feel Good Club, an online movement that started on Instagram and now has a physical, real-world presence in the form of a coffee shop. We chat to Amy and Kira about growing their community, taking the leap of faith into leaving a full-time job to start the business, how they navigate the world of mental health, and how they create content that got them from 20,000 to 120,000 followers within a matter of days. Amy, Kira, welcome to the podcast. Do you want to start by introducing yourself to any listeners that don't know who you are already and telling us a little bit about Feel Good Club? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Very well. excited. We're very excited to be here. So I'm Kira. This is Amy. We are two wives and we are married to each other. <laughs> we Sometimes get <laughs> we get questions quite a bit. <laughs> Whose wives they're, are they're you? Like, we're yeah. like, no, each other's wives. <laughs> <right. laughs> yeah, we're married to each other. That's why there's a rainbow in front of uh, in front of that bit on the bio. But uh, yeah, so we are the <laughs> we are the founders of Feel Good Club. So Feel Good Club is. I never really know how to answer this question because it's evolved so quickly. We started Feel Good Club and didn't really have an idea for a business. It was um, it was more an idea for how we could make people feel and what we could give to people. It was a hobby to begin mm-hmm. with. I actually started the brand many, many years ago, the concept of it when I was suffering from an eating disorder and I kind of used it as uh, my own therapy. I started an Instagram page. I started making candles and um, was just putting out little bits of reminders and parts of my journey and recovery. Which were really cheesy. Yeah. And that was the first place where it started was just with the Instagram first and then. Yeah. 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 Started on Instagram. Started. We were in a, we actually lived over the road from here and we, we had a little studio apartment, didn't we? And I started making candles out of there not enough room there was like one hob I'd never made a candle in my life um and Amy was like getting wax in her pasta and she was like just you need to stop this <laughs> this just isn't working it's, pharmacare it's, yeah it isn't working <laughs> but we we kind of left it I we went and got real jobs and we always knew that we wanted to create something out of it because the the whole idea was that we wanted to create something that was going to help people and then when we got married um we decided to start it back up again and the initial form there was again the Instagram page. We were doing it as a hobby, putting out bits of tips and reminders that we find useful for our own mental health and well-being in day-to-day life. And we started learning how to make clothing, didn't we? We did screen printing and sewing. We had five hundred pounds, yeah. and we was like, "What should we buy?" He was like, "Let's go on YouTube and find out how to do a clothing brand." How do you do a clothing brand? <laughs> have two clothing yeah, brand, there yeah. was like so a machine screen printer. We was like, "Let's go and buy that." We so actually, we, did. we actually started with a refund from airbnb didn't we that we don't think they were supposed to give us i feel like we shouldn't mention this keep that one quiet yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. we're still still quite guilty about that and we might we might get in touch one day and be like here's your 500 pound back but we we started learning how to screen print and so because we that was kind of one thing that we thought okay how can we take feel good club and what it is on instagram and put it into the real world and you'd have the experience building like clothing brands and stuff in the past hadn't you so we started making our own clothing with the idea that, that that clothing is a reminder. It's everything that we stand for on Instagram. And when you're wearing it, you're reminded of that. And when you see other people wearing that clothing, um, you both know that you understand and share the same values as, as, as the brand has. Anyway, fast forward, not even a year we decided to open our physical space, which again is in the form of a, a coffee shop and bar. 
but we don't see ourselves as a coffee shop or a bar. So it's... back to the question, we have no idea what we are. Yeah, we don't know what we are, actually. <laughs> feel the Club is whatever you want it to be, <laughs> yeah. basically. But basically, Feel the Good Club is a, is a, is a, is a business, it's us. And first and foremost, we want to we wanna put something good out into the world. And we do that through clothing and through physical spaces like coffee shops and bars. Amazing. There was a lot of information there packed into so that. There was so much. And I want to try and like deconstruct it a little bit. I imagine most of the listeners here won't know. We actually uh, know both of the co-founders of Feel Good Club. Uh, well, first of all, we knew Kira from our time at um, Social Chain. And one of the things that you said there, you said that you'd um, started Feel Good Club on Instagram first and then left it. And then after you got married, you'd um, started it up again. When did you initially start Feel Good Club? Because I thought you'd started it. My knowledge was that you started it after you got married. That was when the, the inception point in my mind. No, so that it was actually 2016. Right. Or 2015. It was a it was a year before I started at Social Chain. And it was only a couple of months. It was it was just a kind of a thing. I closed it down after a few yeah. months. Amy closed it down after a few months. No, we're not doing this. Go get a job. <laughs> so it was it was always there in like the back of our minds. And Amy and I had always had kind of this shared vision and dream that we wanted to open our own physical space like we're very kind of inviting people we like to see people enjoying themselves so whenever we do things with our friends it's it's normally we've organized it or it's at our house so we naturally want to create environments where people feel comfortable and feel good club the physical space the coffee shop and bar is basically like walking into our into our house it it's just stuff that we like isn't it yeah so we always knew the concept and knew we would end up doing something, but we just didn't get it. And then the only thing that came out of the candle situation was the name. Yeah. I was like, that right. is such a good name. That could be literally anything. So let's just keep hold of that name, leave it for a few years, get on with what society should tell our lives should be. And then we was like, okay, we're bored now. What should we do? So we was like, let's pick it up. So it was like 2016. And then we picked it up 2019. And so when you say go and get a real job and that's what you did next wasn't really a real job was it, it? it so that's the point you went to social chain <laughs> that right? was when i went to social chain and that's director where we, of happiness director of happiness yeah. right and so that's where we obviously first met kira mm -hmm. do you think that fed in into the journey into building up feel good club eventually because obviously like the 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 role there director of happiness it's about you know it's about being you know trying to make the the staff experience there mm -hmm. the best it can be or at least you know a lot of it was about being supportive um did that feed into into feel good club at all yeah i think i think that was just that's just me though like the reason why i so i never imagined myself working in an office environment or for anybody else pre all of that i was doing music and i was working on that as a career but it was that job director of happiness I, I'm naturally the kind of person that wants to help people. I'm that person for my friends. I'm that person for my family. And you're very similar, aren't you, Amy? We're we're kind of givers and we like to help people when they're struggling. So social chain for me, that job was perfect. It was it was just me. And I developed so much in terms of confidence and business uh, because I think we were, everybody who worked there because we worked there from so early on, saw the evolution of that business and and gained a lot of experience. So I think 100%, if I, if I hadn't gone to social chain, there would have been so much that I, I hadn't learned or hadn't seen mm. or probably wouldn't have had the confidence to go off and start our own thing. 100%. And I think watching you grow through social chain and like how you used to come on and be like, oh, I did this today to help the team. And blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, that's really inspiring. And then I did a clothing brand at university called Why Not Clothing. Right. So I already knew how to do a clothing brand. And then I was like, 
why don't we just merge these two into a brand? Like we'll bring the happiness, your side of stuff, and then what I already know, the knowledge of that, and let's just go for it. So we did. Whilst Kira was at Social I was really unhappy in my uh, my full-time job. It was just like a nine-to-five sales role, magnolia walls, little water fountain in the corner was as exciting <laughs> as my day got. It was like, oh, I've nearly finished my glass of water so I can go back to that fountain and have a minute on my own. Uh, and I was like, this is not okay. And then I was just upset all the time. And I was yeah. just like, oh, I just need to do something. And then literally one night, Kira was like, why don't we just start Feel Good Club? And it just was it like just happened. a thing where I was like, okay. And then you were still kind of on, we, we did that for a few months before you quit your job, didn't we? And mm-hmm. and Amy always wanted to go traveling. And I love the idea of traveling, but I like home comfort. So I always said to Amy, no, I want to make sure that we're cemented and we've got stuff going on here that we can always come back to. I don't want to leave, have a really happy time and then come back and be really sad and be chasing that kind of the experiences that you had whilst you were traveling. So we sat in a bar, didn't we? And I was like, right, okay, if we don't get Feel Good Club to 10,000 followers because we want to do the, the swipe up, <laughs> then no we'll go way. traveling. So we gave ourselves you, like you end was, of the year. Yeah, you give me like a bet. And she made, yeah. I shook on it and she was like, if we have the end of the year and we don't get 10,000 followers, we'll go we'll traveling then. And I was like, right, okay. And then, and then, I think we, we, was on and like, then we was on like 30 or 40 or 50 something. I'm still mad. not sure what, if I'm what happy year, What, what year was that bet made? <laughs> that was two th- That was 2019, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a couple of years ago, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Still waiting. Yeah. Still here. <laughs> what, was the, what was the point like where, because obviously there's, I think a lot of people, probably a lot of people that listen to to this may have things like a side hustle, but what was the point like where it felt like you could turn something that was maybe at that time as side hustle wise, you've got your full-time jobs and you're working in the evenings or whenever you can. When was the point that you felt like, right, I'm going to take the jump fully into something that I've essentially got like the whole responsibility Mm -hmm. of success and failure of? What was that point? We didn't like? actually give it that much thought. I have got <laughs> massive, massive <laughs> issues with imposter syndrome. Massive. So, and I was so unhappy with my job, but I was still like, I'm definitely not going to be able to leave my full time sales role. This is me for life. Like that's yeah. what I'm like. <laughs> no, I'm fine just here. Uh, and then I, we actually went to Croatia for my birthday, didn't we? And I read this book. It was um, "You Are a Badass." It's called. I can't remember the author, but I probably should. Um, and I, I literally finished his book and I said to Kira, when I go home, I'm going to hammer notes in at work. And she was like, what? I was like, because we were side hustling Feel Good Club at this time. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to hammer notes in at work. I'm just doing it. Literally that week, got home, went to the airport. Next day, went to work and hammer notes in and was just like, I've just got to do it. I realised I'm just in my comfort zone. I know I can do it. I just want to just go for it. So like, was that like the main... What was the thing that you took from that book? Was there something that was just oh, like... Yeah, it was just all about like getting out of your comfort zone, like trusting your gut. Like if you feel like something's right, just go for it. Like taking that leap, uh, having faith in yourself and like believing that what this path you're on, it's, you're on it, so just go for it. You can always just jump back. You can always just get another job. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, you can just get another job. Like I don't like this one, so I can just go get one that I don't, <laughs> I don't like again. Like I'm not losing anything. Uh, I actually got goosebumps thinking about reading that book then. Um, but yeah, and I literally went home, handed my notes in and was like, I'm just going to do it. So I actually quit my full-time job whilst Kira was at Social Chain. All Kira's wages was was to the mortgage, the bills, paying for my coffees when I was... And, and we were just kind of wondering what how we were going to create this business because at that point we didn't really... Clothing wasn't really a massive thing, was it? It was probably doing a couple of hundred pounds a, a month yeah. on the website. And it was just like, we've got... We, we want to do something with it and we know that we'll be able to, but... 
if we are so wrapped up in the day-to-day, we're never going to have the headspace to figure out what that was. So it, we actually, it started to become real then when, so at Sochain, the interior designer there at all, me and him actually went away on like a work project. And I told him about Fielga Club and what we wanted to do and that Amy and I had always kind of had this idea that we wanted to create a physical space. And he just turned around and he was like, I know the perfect people. I know who to connect you with. So he connected us with a property development company that were basically wanting to bring new and exciting businesses into their developments to make it more appealing, I guess. And we had like a quick phone call with the guy who was one of the directors there and told him what, like me and Amy, we didn't have a business plan. We didn't know what we were doing. We were just like, yeah, we want to create this coffee shop and it's all about feeling good. It needs and to be pink. We want, it needs to be pink. <laughs> and we want to bring people together and we're doing this thing on Instagram at the moment and people are enjoying it and we're helping people and we want to bring that to the physical life. And he was like, yeah, can you send me your business plan tomorrow? We were like, fuck. That's one of those. Yeah, we were just Google <laughs> how to make business plan. Yeah. How to so, clone a brand. How to build a business plan. <laughs> Google is amazing. <laughs> now it's currently how to make coffee. <laughs> um, and and we just we we put one together with the ideas and we made up some figures and sent it to him and he was like, yeah, I love it. Let's do it. So we were like, shit, we've actually got to. What what do you mean? What 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 do you mean? Let's do it, um, and it just snowballed, didn't it? Like, and I was still. Which is exactly what that book told me. If you take that, get out of your comfort zone and take that step, it'll just happen. And it was literally four months, three yeah. months after yeah. I quit my full time job, and I was literally just going to coffee shop to coffee shop, meeting every single person I knew about in, in Manchester, like everybody, because obviously it was to do with well being, mental health. All the yoga teachers, ev- like everyone who was to do with the gym, like I met Sam PT, I met so many people and just literally that was my day filled, just meeting people. I was my own advertisement. Everybody yeah. knew about Feel Good Club because I'm going to tell you about Feel Good Club. Mm-hmm. And then everybody suddenly started talking about it and was really excited about it. And I was like, this is actually going to be a thing. I've, I know it's going to be a thing. And then we met the property developer and now here we are. So but this... we already had that customer base because I told them. Yeah, yeah. Before we <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't even know that the space was going to happen, but we were like, I was telling yeah, people, we're going to have this in Northern space. Quarter, we're going to have this coffee shop, we're going to have this bar. And people believed us and it happened. We believed it. We ended up talking about it that much that yeah. it just happened. I think once you fully commit to, to taking that leap, mm-hmm. you kind of, like some people might, oh, they're so lucky and like that they've managed to be able to set all this up. But I always think, or oh, there's, a, there's a saying, isn't there, that looks prep meets opportunity yeah but i think you start actively or what you've described there you sound like you start actively looking for more and more of those opportunities way more than you would so um you start putting yourself in in positions where things can happen and if you're passionate about something and you believe that it's going to happen when we're sat in that room with someone who is looking at giving us a decent sum of money to open something that we've got zero experience in the reason why he trusted us and wanted to to go with us and risk losing all his money because we've never done hospitality before. We could have just lost all of that money in one go. He did it because we believed in it. And I think, you know, you can have all the experience in the world, Mm -hmm. but if you're not, if you don't have any self-belief, then one, you're not going to believe it. So you're not going to do it. And two, other people won't, won't believe it either. So I think we just, we tricked ourselves. It's like fight or flight, isn't it? Once once I've quit my full-time job, 
I remember, I always remember my manager in the office was like, I'll see you in six months. Yeah. And I was like, okay. That's the biggest and drive. And I literally hear him. Wow. I literally <laughs> still hear him in my mind all the time. See you in six months. That's never going to happen. And it, so it, it, that's kind of like what just pushes you. You're just like, no, I, I will make this happen. And then you're right. You put yourself into positions where you're like, I'm going to go meet this person. That person's going to introduce me to this person. And it was literally just a snowball effect of just like, I'm going to put myself in front of everybody mm-hmm. you don't, to find like, out a, who A I lot need. of cases like that, you don't even realise the almost like the ripple effects that those conversations have. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that we do all the time. It's like, we always try and make sure, no matter what it is that we're doing, saying, whatever action it is, it's always like, we try and operate with really good morals at all times and make sure that our clients are always put first. Mm-hmm. Reason being is that like you don't know where that's going to go. Mm-hmm. And the amount of, you know, the amount of clients that we work with just off the basis of they'll pass us on to someone else because they'll just be like, well, they've, they've, they've always looked out for mm-hmm. us, like always. So and you don't even know that those ripple effects will go miles, absolutely mm-hmm. miles. And you sort of spoke a lot about wanting to open a, a physical space but that could have been that could have been anything. It could have been a bar. It could have been an arcade. Mm-hmm. It could have been cricket, <laughs> cricket club. <laughs> I don't know. But why? Why did you pick a, a coffee shop? We actually, again, it happened right here in Salford Keys when we mm-hmm. lived here. We were sat in this shipping container once. They used to this place called Love Concazar. I was going to say it wasn't just a shipping. It was like a. It was a bar. It was a coffee shop container. and a bar. We went yeah. just sat in a shipping container. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were sat there drinking a coffee once, and I was like, I'd love to do something like this. And we was like, Feel Good Club could be this one day. And we was like, no, we'll call it Jam Jar. I don't know why yeah, we said we that. Up Everything would be drank ideas. out of Jam Jars. It was really cheesy. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then since like, it was just in our head, we was just like, where do people go? And obviously coffee shops have, that's how coffee shops like, began. Like it was a place where people met, like went to go and like communicate with each other, speak to each other, laugh with each other, business meetings. It's that place where it doesn't matter what background you're from or what you what you're there to go and do you'll always go to a coffee shop like if you're meeting a friend if it's a business meeting if it's to study if it's to do your work you know so he was like that's where you'll always find the people that we're trying to attract mm-hmm. i think so it was just kind of like let's make a coffee shop and try and get people there yeah. <laughs> it's like, like that's where you feel good isn't it yeah but i think we we'd always spoken about it before we even had the idea of feel good club it was a thing that we wanted to do like i said we we're kind of the the people out of our friendship group that are the ones who organize stuff and the things the events happen at our house or we do stuff to to make people come together and and that's what we love don't we we've always been those people throughout our we've we've been together since we're at uni haven't we so i think that just made sense to us it's a place where people come to enjoy themselves and that's that's just what we wanted to create didn't we Mm -hmm. but like i said no experience not only that but we're recording this in mid 2021 just in case anyone's listened to it in like 2030. Um, but 2020 has obviously been a nightmare of a year specifically for Bricks and Mortar. Yeah. So you've started in, you opened the shop in October. October. Yeah, like height and then, of pandemic. We had two weeks open and then went into lock, complete lockdown. What What was that like going through that? Uh, so Still trying to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been a lot, hasn't it? I mean, we, we were doing the building work during the first lockdown um and we were we were making all the plans for the space and i think ev- everybody at that point didn't really know that it, how long it was going to last or how serious it was going to be and it looked like in the summer that everything was lifting and that things were going really well it was the out to help out yeah so we were like okay we doing our building work so we was like oh it's all fine it's yeah. amazing everyone's back out forget about it so but then as time went on we were like okay it looks like it's probably not gonna 
open but we'd, we'd committed by that point we were doing it and we had to have a serious conversation didn't we like do we still just go for it and what feel good club is about as well in terms of creating that space for people for people to feel comfortable for people to talk the mental health element to it and the well-being element to it and we were like we've just got to do it that's what that's what we're about our so investor, our friends, our family was all saying, why don't you just wait till COVID starts? Can you imagine if we did, we'd still not be we'd open. Still, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we were sat. just like, well, people's mental health don't, doesn't just stop. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we still need to be there for people. Like that's what the space is for. So we can't just quit before we've even started. Like we've just got to open the doors and see what happens. So little old us as always was like, let's go and open the doors. And then literally had two weeks, went into lockdown and it was literally just takeaway only. Yeah, and I think it, it's definitely, I think you were so right not to have waited because I think, the message, particularly behind the brand, was more needed than ever at that time. Absolutely, so we wouldn't be where we are now. I don't think if we didn't if we didn't open. Yeah, I think the brand exploded over lockdown because it was like everybody needed us more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like again stepping out of our comfort zone and going, no, actually we're going to open the we're going to open now. It always comes back to being like it always brings a positive thing back to you. It was like, yeah. oh yeah, you've took that risk. So I always I'm a massive believer of like if you put in, you'll get more out. And it's so just like that's exactly what happened. It, it goes back again to kind of just that belief in yourself. You know, when we when we closed because we were so new, we couldn't get any support. We didn't get any furlough. We didn't get any government grants. We couldn't get yeah. anything. And a two week old team. And yeah, the, we'd had people employed for two weeks, and we were just we we just had to kind of ignore it, didn't we? We had a massive meltdown where I think we both cried for like an hour. And I told then... you we shouldn't have travelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like deleting the interview. Um, <laughs> um But we we just had to just go straight forward with it and and adapt. And I think that's where you know our Instagram following did explode when we we looked back, didn't we? A couple of weeks ago, we we was on board and uh, new members of the team. So we look back at this presentation that we did. And it was our first talk, wasn't it? Just before we went into lockdown, like end of February, early March. And we were going back. It was it was passion to brand, wasn't it? And we were just talking about how to take something that you're passionate about and turn it into a brand. And at that point, like, did we, we you, it was only you that had left. So we was only really like half brand, weren't we? And we looked and we had 17,000 followers. And this March was like 200,000. And it's like mad, isn't it? And and that's what we we adapted that side. And what really kept us going was the online side of the business was being able to expand the products. We we didn't ever really plan to have like a clothing element to the brand. We started with it, but it was a way of getting our message out there. And now that's such a huge part of our business, isn't it? That we're we're now expanding that side of it. But that saved us definitely throughout lockdown. So you can definitely see how the the merch side of the brand has grown, even just, obviously you're based in Manchester, so it's probably more amplified in Manchester, mm-hmm. but I'm from Manchester as well. So I'm in Sainsbury's and as the weeks go by, I'll notice like a feel good t-shirt and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I know those guys. <laughs> and then I'll come back like a couple of weeks later and there'll be like four or five people. I'm like, okay, this is like <laughs> picking up, <laughs> picking up some tracks and I'll come back and I'll see like 10 feel good uh, club tops just all in one shop. I'm just like, this is yeah, I mean, we we still get excited. We, yeah, we, literally, this afternoon we actually saw someone today. And it was like, oh look, feel good in the wild. But yeah, I mean, we it was weird, wasn't it? Because we we grew quite a bit in the first lockdown. I think we grew from like seventeen thousand to like fifty thousand followers, and then we came out of lockdown, and we were 
back and forth in town a lot, wasn't we? Because we were building the the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And people started to recognize us and we were like, because obviously we've been in lockdown for however many months. And then we came out and people were like, oh, you won't feel good, don't you? And we was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> we, was in the, we was in the street having an argument at one point, wasn't we? Like <laughs> talking about one of the windows, how that should look. And then someone was like, oh, you won't feel good. And I was like, shit. Hi! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, we love you so much. <laughs> Never argue. But then it was it was that second lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah. Going into that second lockdown where it exploded. We um, and and that's when the the product side lifted as well. Like we'd go into Aldi and it would be beanies everywhere. They were we couldn't get them on the site quick enough because Amy's mom was like sewing them for us and we couldn't get them up quick enough before they'd sell out again and it was it felt like the whole of Manchester was was wearing them we were like going down aisles in Aldi like, <laughs> like oh my god I don't know how to I don't know what to do when I'm seeing the the hat I'm like I just I, I get embarrassed a customer came in once and said I thought you couldn't live in Ancoats unless you had a feel good club beaner yeah like, <laughs> it's like you've got to you've got like to have sponsorship it. Um, but it, it was that it was that one post that we did it was like I think three days before we went into the second lockdown and we did five things to remember as we go into lockdown two. And it was just tips that we'd learned from the first one um, for people to kind of look after themselves and their mental health. And we was actually, it was the last Sunday that we were open um, before going into lockdown and it was Juno's birthday. So we did like a Juno birthday party in the coffee shop where it was just like dogs invited. It was like 20 dogs, all fancy dress. No, it was like 40 dogs. 40 dogs. And, and because it was just near Halloween as well, um, we did like fancy dress for the dogs. And it was amazing, wasn't it? It was so much fun. But I was in the kitchen. I was like making crumpets and I'd, like, because we didn't have a chef and stuff at that point because we were just like, oh, what are we doing? We're going and I'm still like, Googling how to make coffee. <laughs> uh, how, to, how to make crumpets. <laughs> so, so I'm in the and back doing that. Just like... And like, so my phone was just somewhere, wasn't it? And I picked up my phone and saw like I had like, about a hundred messages from like our friends group chat. Like how like going like eighty K, ninety K, literally like minutes after each other and we were like, what are we talking about? I thought they were playing like a game and so after a bit when I finally got a break from like the crumpets, I was I like looked at my phone and they were just screenshotting like all of these huge people sharing it, like Harry Styles' sister, Mrs. Hinch, Mrs. Hinch, like loads of massive influencers. I think Zoella. And then an order came through, so I just put my phone in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, put my phone away. I was like, that's cool. So we're like put mopping up at the end of the day, like, you know, dog wee everywhere and everything else, cleaning it all down. And then we just looked at each other and was like we was on 20k this morning. And we was like, now we're on like a hundred and something. Like overnight it grew like over a hundred thousand followers. Yeah. And then that was where the madness began, wasn't it? It was it was a weird time for us because we were like, how do we go from like being just like, you know, 20, 50,000 followers where it's not that many people to, oh my God, everyone knows, like, or a lot of people at least mm. know who we are. Um and then that was it, wasn't it? it but you, you, we were flew. still trying to figure out how to run a business, how to own a coffee shop. And then all of a sudden now it's like this influencer status on Instagram. And it's kind of like, I don't know where to start. <laughs> it was just kind of like, <laughs> what do we do now? We just went back to our house and closed the door. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, because like, you know, 20,000 followers is already a lot of responsibility. You've mm-hmm. got the coffee shop open running now. Uh, you're cleaning up a lot of dog mess, I'm, I'm presuming, <laughs> right? There's, there's, there's all these different things you're already looking after and then overnight 100,000 plus people are now in your audience. I'm assuming what came to follow was chaos. Yeah, it was kind of keeping up, trying to keep up the reputation because we was it was all so new. 
And it happened so quick. Where I remember you looking the next morning and be like, what should I post this for? I was like, I, I don't know like, what to say. <laughs> no idea. I saw like, these people and I'm like, I don't know what to what to say now. Um, but then that, that it just created, a, like for a while, it was just every post that we did just went massive and we were just gaining like... 10,000 like we were just gaining followers here there and everywhere and to us like like we said it was it was always a joke about getting 10,000 followers if we get 10,000 then we're happy we won't go traveling or we will and it was always like a just a bit of a, a fun thing wasn't mm -hmm. it we've never really been focused on actually getting followers it's always been like what can we put out to to help people so we never we didn't have a strategy we didn't have you know working at social chain I was I was never on any of the social side but I'd hear things about like strategies and you should have this in place or do this and that but we didn't have one it was just get up I think the only thing that I did was post consistently I'd just get up and I'd post in the morning I'd post at night and and that was it so we didn't actually expect it did we at no. all and it's like with our Instagram it was always it's so like authentic it's just me and Kira. like when I quit my job I literally the first day took a picture of my conflicts and was like I've got no idea what I'm doing today like <laughs> yeah, what should I how do? do I fill my day up so my wife gives me some money at the end of the month so I can go and do something because I've got no wages now and it was just so like real and I think that's why it's gone like it's been amazing because it's just me and Kieran and like our struggles and then I think once when it got to 120k it was like a bit of pressure being like are people going to be care about the brand now because it's just me and you mm -hmm. or is it just because it was a really good post or do people actually care mm -hmm. where now we've realised people do actually care because it's obviously grown and grown and grown but at the time it was a bit like oh should we we didn't really know what to do with it yeah. because we was like, oh, should we stop being me and you on Instagram and then become this influencer life? It's kind of like instant pressure. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, I what do people want? And like open like? yourself yeah. up to be like judged and stuff as well. Like yeah. that's scary. Mm. And luckily for us, we haven't had like, we haven't had any issues with trolls or we've had like one or two, haven't we, that like message you something horrible, but it's just, like nothing yeah. bad. Um, so we've been really lucky there because that's that's scary isn't it but then you start to second guess everything that you're doing mm -hmm. online it's like oh god what should i say or can i say this or that but we we just always have this one thing that we ask ourselves with everything that we do what whoever we're bringing into the coffee shop from like a brand perspective of what we're selling whatever clothes we're making whatever message that is we always just come back to the one question is it going to help someone or is it and that could be somewhere along the chain of of what it is a lot of the alcohol brands that we have in the coffee shop are ones that give back because we didn't just want to be off the off the shelf smirn off this that and mm. the other which are just huge brands we wanted to align with with spirit companies especially if we are selling alcohol in the brand that we are that it has to be something that is is doing good for someone along the way and that's just what we do every day isn't it everything that we do is just that one question are we helping someone or is someone being helped along the way and we do it and then that that kind of keeps us on a nice path doesn't it i think what's nice about that as well with your attitude towards the content that you're putting out everyone on instagram is also their own sort of broadcasting platform as well and you put out such relevant content and messages that are so relevant to everyone that they're so shareable mm -hmm. because I would read that and instantly think I know a hand, like 10 people, 20 people that will want that exact message right now. Mm -hmm. So it's so easy to share it to my story. And I think it's just such valuable content that you're putting out and you're not asking for anything back. You're not trying to sell anything. Mm -hmm. It's just like you said, how can I help people now? How can mm -hmm. I add value to people and I think it's you set such a good example to any brands that want to build up a community uh, on Instagram in terms of the way that you run it. It's Thank definitely you. become like a trend at the minute. 
how can we give back? Like, I, I do find it a bit of like bit of a trend at the moment. Yeah. With like this whole like community, I think that word gets thrown out so much at the moment. But it's just like I said before, I think it's just because it was so real. Like we had no, this is our goal. We had no, like we just was like let's just do it. And because we just did it, I think it was just so real. And Kira still to this day, even though now we've got a quarter million followers, wakes up and does those writes the posts every single morning. Nothing's pre-planned because it's nothing like, scheduled. How am I feeling today? What would I want to hear today? Or and and I think that's and it's nice for us then because we put some out and then you see like fifty people that will comment going, Oh, I need to hear this or I feel like this and they'll give their opinion on it. So it is still just real and genuine, isn't it? And obviously we have areas now that we're like, okay, we've got an office and we've got a coffee shop and we've got these areas that we need to sustain. But rather than getting wrapped up in the kind of business side of it and being like, okay, how do we get people to buy from us? We just keep that same thing of, okay, how are we helping people and what can we put out there that that's going to help someone? And it's created a nice loop of people are engaged and they like what we're doing and then they like what we're putting out. So it equals customers at the mm -hmm. same time. Let's say we fast forward a little bit now. Well, to, to present day, really, mm -hmm. where, you know, quarter of a million followers, coffee shop slash bar, would you say, that is fair to say is now a little bit of a landmark in, in Manchester. Mm -hmm. the, the, that growth that you experienced over, over the lockdown period, what impact firstly did that have on the business? I think people just knew who we were. We did a lot of like out of home stuff as well. So we did like a big billboard campaign around the city, um, which picked up again, didn't it? There was a lot of coverage on the news and, and on social about that. And when we came out of lockdown then, even during lockdown, we had people who would just come in to us as like a, a place to, you know, we opened on Christmas day when people couldn't see their family. And I think just having that that audience on Instagram People just saw us as a space to come for, to see us, I guess. There was a lot of people, I don't it know. It was a mix of things. It was, they wanted to spend the money where they felt like the money was being like, it, it was like cared for. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not just going buying a coffee. It was like, we have a pay it forward board. It's it's an independent, it's me and Kira. Like, I think because we're so real and authentic on the social media, people saw that like, we literally did a, a campaign when we didn't get any furlough and was just like, Rishi, read your emails. <laughs> because we was literally like, we've got no help. Mm -hmm. And I think because again, we were so like, being vulnerable with that and telling people like, we can't afford people's wages here. And we, we're not getting these grants, you know, we could have been like, oh yeah, you know, we're, we're loaded now, we've got this coffee shop, but we wasn't, we was like, we've got no money and we need your help. Mm -hmm. I think because we were so raw with it, people then on social media, people then wanted to come down and physically help us. Um, so I think it, again, just being so raw and honest with the struggles that we had on social media, I think people then just wanted to come down That and was help definitely us. the case in lockdown, wasn't it? And then I guess we've seen that people are kind of, People know about us and they want to come. We get so many people now that restrictions have lifted, like coming from London or from Bristol or like all over. And we get a lot of people in Europe who message and say like, I can't wait to come over. And I've told this person who I know is coming to study in the UK, I've told them about it. And and you do get so many people where it's word of mouth. They've seen us on social, their friends told us about, told them about us. And it is kind of creating a bit of like a, like you say, a bit of like a, a landmark space mm. for people to come and and see but we still have days that are quiet like mm -hmm. i think people could see us having like two hundred fifty thousand followers and thinking oh you're gonna be rolling in it now like but that doesn't equal money mm. it it doesn't necessarily equal sales it, it just shows people care about your your brand it doesn't yeah we've not actually ever to this day since october had a full month open in the shop mm -hmm. not one full month no no 
So we still couldn't tell you how much is our like regular. Yeah, forecast. we still we still don't know. Still not had a full month because you, you've got like the the <laughs> lockdowns crazy. and then the isolations, isolations, God, the yeah. NHS app pinging everyone left, right, and centre. So we've we've closed. Like yeah, we haven't had a full, a full month, month of what our actual income is. So what does that mean for you guys in terms of focus then? Because obviously you've got this this following's grown. You've got the the coffee shop and bar that is now, like you say, with more and more followers that is getting recognised more and more as this place in Manchester. It's a landmark. Um, but equally, you've also, you know, you've you've got the merchandise. If it was me, for example, like if things are closing, like I'd be like, oh, no, I need to go over here. Or if, you know, I think I'm, for me, I'm just curious about what that means for you in terms of focus. You know, do you, is your focus on the, on the shop or is it the merchandise or is it both? Or Literally this week it's just changed. Last lockdown... And during the isolation, during people pinging on the NHS and the, the team not turning up, we was like forever adapting. Like during the lockdown, we did like lockdown packs, which which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, did like postcards you could send to your friends and stuff. So like this time when we've been isolated and then we got it COVID, didn't we? And then another team got it. And then just opening and closing all the time, we was like, this just isn't working. And then we used to have to ring our suppliers and be like, oh, we need to get these new T-shirts out because the shop's closed, so we're not making money in the shop. But then obviously they have lead times and they're busy. So it was like three weeks went by and we still didn't have any products. So we was like, how can we, if this happens again and we go into lockdown, how can we adapt to just be a brand instead of a shop as well? So we've literally just bought our own T-shirt printer. Um, so then if, we, if the shop ever locks down again, we can literally just there and then jump on the merch and the brand side of stuff. So that's something else we're now Googling. Yeah. How, to, <laughs> yeah. how to do printed but T-shirts. I, I think that's, like we say, during lockdown, the having that following helped. It really, really did because that did increase our sales. We'd have, you know, if we were just shouting into a void of of people who weren't engaged or caring about what we were doing, um, then we would have literally been fucked weren't we? we we needed those those clothing sales to to keep us going that was sustaining the coffee shop that was paying the bills it was paying the wages and then that's when we kind of had a serious think didn't we about oh okay well we could actually be like a a, a brand that does product and physical spaces so it, it's difficult though because we're so early in the journey of it that we're still trying to figure out how that looks and how we do that right now so like we say we've we've took the step we've got an office space now uh, where we can house all the products and we can create content in there for that and um, for the rest of the brand and the the social pages but it's it's just figuring out doesn't it because we this is what we see we see like when Amy and I are completely focused on the coffee shop it's up there because that's what a lot of the the content is around on the Instagram and then when we the focus on the and, and then the website sales plummet and then we go, right, okay, let's focus on the product. And then the coffee shop goes down because we're not talking about that. So it's trying, trying to find balance. that balance of being only two people really who are still doing all of this side of it. And, and still technically don't and, know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, still technically don't know what we're doing. And we're still in this pandemic phase where we're like, okay, well, we can't really take the risk and get someone in to completely take the focus of the coffee shop off us or we can't get someone in to completely take the brand and and help us build that side of it um so at the moment we're just like balancing balancing act aren't we we're just spinning lots of plates and does that like movement in when the shop lifts up and then versus when when the merchandise sales lift up does is that literally with when you move from the shop to literally when you move that's so interesting it's mad to see and we've only realized haven't we like recently when we've looked at it of where we're putting our focus and and you can literally see in the sales like 100%. on the days that we're in and we're focused on it 
what the sales are. And so we kind of just need to clone ourselves. So we've got, we've got more. Oh, um, the pandemic could just go. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you could literally physically see yeah, it. You can it's see crazy. It. Like your input and content is clearly like a massive driving point between where the uplift is in the business or where the focus is in the business. Have you ever looked at other routes to to build business up for Feel Good Club? Um, so I think with with Feel Good Club, it is it we are the faces of it, and we are we are Feel Good Club, aren't we? We started off, and it was just me and Amy. We started off as us before we had the product, before we had the physical space. So we do get approached for mm-hmm. brand deals, don't we, in collabs and that sort of thing, which we love doing. But we have just morally, we have to be really careful with with who we say yes to because uh, we get a lot of a lot of places that doesn't align with with us as people or as as the rest of the brand we're not just thinking about me and amy as people we are thinking about feel good club as a brand and what it represents for the people as well so yeah we've we've done a handful of kind of paid work haven't we yeah it's hard especially during lockdown when you know you, your shop shut and you're like, oh, God, we're both now on this full time and the, the shop shut and we're not bringing in the income that we need. Oh, but this person's offering this amount of K to do this one single post. And you're like, should we just do it? Like, oh, but then you've literally got so to think tempting. about, yeah, you've got to think about the brand and like the bigger picture. So we have said a no to a lot I of stuff. I think we've said no more, more times than we've said yes, but I'd rather do that than go against kind of what we believe in. The whole brand's built off us, believe what we believe in and what we feel is right as people. So to go against it would just go against kind of the whole. And what is that whole. decision-making process, if you don't mind me asking? Back to back to what we do in terms of every business decision that we make. Is it helping someone along the way? Is it doing something that's good and that's going to make people feel good? Yes or no? And if the answer's no. And we, we kind of, I mean, me, me and Amy have been together for 11 years. We kind of don't even need to talk anymore. We just know from each other the way that we look. See an email and we'll just look at each other. Oh yeah, that's a no. And like we already know, do you know what I mean? We don't we don't have to even question a lot of the the ones that are obvious no's. And sometimes people have brands have come up to us with an idea and we've said like, Oh, we will work with you, but can we do it this way? Or can we do it about right. this? Or like we did that one with the stickers and they was they just wanted to send some stickers and we was like, Oh, can we actually put like a positive message on it and stick them around town and put them in put put them in like our post like in our orders and stuff. So we sometimes bring it back to working with them but do it in a feel good club way mm-hmm. and that works for them then as well doesn't it like when we have that input and we say oh why don't we do it this way because it will we we feel that people, means more. yeah it means something rather than just like oh this brand go and buy your stickers from them mm. like it means nothing to people does it so actually having what we feel is going to help someone in some way you can talk about it much easier mm-hmm. with with such a fast growing brand and having so much attention i suppose on around the uh, around the brand at the moment um a lot of your own advice i suppose can center around at times having a break from social media maybe having a little bit of time off now and then do you find that you can get that time having to run this big community do you think it's like a good double-edged sword kind of thing this is gonna be two different answers it's gonna be two different answers i'm i'm a workaholic i love working there are times where I have to stop and take my own advice, but I, I just find it really difficult to switch off as a person, but that is what works for me. And that's what we talk a lot about as well of, you know. We are chalk and cheese. We are, we are completely The way we run the business is completely different. Mm-hmm. You're very much like nonstop, constantly working, constantly thinking where I'm very much like, let's take a breath, sit back, 
look look at it and then go again. Um, I've got life coaching. She's she's taught me the first hour of waking up. You shouldn't look at your phone because again, you're just waking up to seeing what everybody else is doing. Your notifications, what you've got to do that day. Your mum texted you yesterday saying you've not given that fiver back. Like everything's like pressure <laughs> as soon as you wake up. So the first thing you should do is just go downstairs and do something for you. And then everyone else comes after. And I think because I've started to do that, I've done that for and an hour before bed. I don't look at my phone an hour before bed um, just to switch my mind off. And I find that like refocuses, like puts my focus back into the brand where you just love just being nonstop. Yeah, oh, yeah, I just I just thrive off 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 working, but the I know my limit, so I know when I need to have a break, and then I will switch off. So the advice that I'm that we give and that we we talk about, it's real because it works for us, but it works in lots of different ways for different people. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what we always try and think about when we are creating these posts. If they've got to be authentic to how how we are as people and and how we work, um, but everybody is different. And again, like, you just need to use social media, what's right for you. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, I always say, like, it's like going to the shop. But if you're not into motorbikes, you won't pick a motorbike magazine up. Mm. So don't just follow that person because they went to some TV show that you loved. And then after, when they come out a few weeks later, you're actually not interested anymore because they're not in the TV show, but you still follow them because they're now an influencer. Like, follow what, like, helps you in your day to day, like, what uplifts you, like, what inspires you. That's who I think you should follow on Instagram. So that's what we try and do on our social media pages, uplift people or inspire people. And if that's what we're doing then. Yeah, but really social media, I don't really use it that much, weirdly. Like I don't really use my personal account. Um, The only time that I really use it is for Fielder Club. So my habits of how I've, I use social media now has changed. And I think that comes with the messaging that I'm talking about in terms of what Amy Amy is saying, what makes you feel good about yourself. Because I found myself in a position where I'd scroll and just every single person like, it could be two completely different things, but in my brain, I'm like, oh, that looks good. I should do that. Or that looks great. I want that. And without realizing when you're on social media, you are constantly comparing yourself to somebody else. Mm. And that for your brain and like subconscious, that's, that's tough. Like you don't realize how much you do in it. Um, so I consciously don't really use it that much anyway, but that drives me even more to be, the person and the voice that makes people think about that or even breaks it up. We're not saying to people don't use social media or don't do this because that's what our business is and what it's built up on. But it's being that kind of reset in someone's brain when they are scrolling. I'm like, oh, guys, remember, don't, don't stop comparing yourself. Like, And then carry on. Breaking and hopefully it's just, yeah, hopefully yeah. it's just breaking up that noise. So I was visiting my mum and dad uh, the other day and we got into a conversation about my grandma and she used to be like quite a popular person in the village, put on shows every Friday for all the people that lived there. Uh, she did a lot of charity work and had a plaque and stuff put up in a library. But she was saying that, um, my grandma used to say to my mum, that being someone who's socially admired and sort of comes off as someone that's happy all the time can be really exhausting. If you're expected to be in a good mood when someone goes over and chats to you, it can be just knackering when you're not really in the mood because no one's happy all the time. So do you feel that similar sort of pressure when someone comes over to you and expects you to be, you know, the happiest person in in Manchester? I think that it it is definitely draining and like it's been my job and career for like the last six, seven years. That's what I was at Social Chain. I was the director of happiness and I was the person who was always happy. And now 
where we do feel good club and that's about positivity and feeling good and again but I've, I think that's always just ingrained in my personality especially I'm just a generally positive person yeah I have bad days and it's draining when you're having a bad day to always be that that kind of face and you know we get people who come up in the coffee shop when we've been working long shifts and I think they do expect you to be one way but we the message that we put out is is that it's okay to be however you are in that moment so I don't necessarily feel like pure pressure but I think one of the things that we do feel pressure on is we are still a business and from owning a business you have to make certain decisions we've had to fire people we've had to let people down in terms of you know you you're not going to get the job or this or that and that I think is what we struggle with most because it's feel good club and it's this brand that's supposed to be feel good and blah 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 but we're still a business and we still need to make business decisions so there's that, that line the first few months, I think we forgot that. We just wanted yeah. to be like, help everybody, mm. everybody's support system. And then we was like, oh yeah, we've actually, we have actually a business as well. So we've got to do what's right for our business as well as everybody else's. Mm. And what's right for us and our mental health. Like We was like, yeah, everybody can stock their stuff in the shop. Like literally, because we've got a merch wall. Yeah, you can stock your plant pots. Yeah, you can stock your jewelry. And we was like, and then we was oh, like, where are we going to put all this <laughs> stuff? Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and we've still got products that we need to sell. Mm. And like, we, we, we just always found ourselves in a position where we were just like yes 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 because we feel and and I guess part of that is just us as people we want to help and we want to get involved with lots of different things but you've also got to be careful about your own energy because it is it is draining mm -hmm. if you don't have that time to be miserable <laughs> 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 to go home and be like Amy shut up <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you think brands could be doing to make Instagram a better place? For example, I could probably name a few brands that when Mental Health Week comes around will sort of jump on that bandwagon and then it sort of fades away and you don't see them talking about it again. Is there anything that you think brands could be doing to sort of be more upfront about that message or do you think it is every brand's place to talk about that message? Um I guess there's there's a couple of answers. It's a good question. It's, it's, yeah, it's a good question. It's a, it's like that is with any, anything though, isn't it? Brands are, brands will jump on a certain thing to be part of a conversation. So it's like the same with the pride stuff. Like, you know, we didn't do anything for pride. We're we're gay. We we don't need to put a rainbow on something. We're we're a LGBT owned company. I think with brands it's it's caring. Like I think everybody wants to be part of the conversation and everybody wants to build a community but it's looking at like why do you want that and you want to do that but how are you getting there you like if you've if you've just got an end goal that is profit people see that now like people aren't stupid and there is Instagram is a is a massive platform now where people can read through those lines so I think for a lot of brands it's taking it back to where they actually want to help and who they want to help and thinking of of that before they just start spouting out that's messages exactly, and that's exactly what i was about to say i don't think it's everyone's every single brand's place to say every single thing mm -hmm. we talk about mental health because our brand started with Kira, because of kira's mental health mm -hmm. that's why we talk about it um I, me stepping out my comfort zone me having like anxiety that's why we talk about that so again it's being authentic and being real and raw about something i think at the minute because every brand wants to talk about everything all the time there's too much noise mm -hmm. so the people who are actually making the difference aren't being seen 
mm-hmm. because all these other brands are doing it. Like, I do get frustrated when all these brands suddenly want to talk about mental health during Mental Health Week because I'm like, well, what about us who are doing it every there single was day? One, there <laughs> was one massive one. There was one massive one that actually um, took that that same post that we did, the lockdown one that, that blew up. They took that, used pretty much all the same words, changed the, the colour of the post and put their logo on it. And they're, they're a big, big brand. And they're... Uh, again like so many people are in the comments tagging us and I don't want any drama I don't want any beef with anyone do you know what I mean I was like oh god everyone's tagging us been like look Fioga Club you've stolen Fioga Club's work mm-hmm. um but we, to make yeah, content. yeah I know and and it that's it though like you are jumping on the smaller people the people who are trying to make a difference because we care and because we've experienced it ourselves my last question was are you gonna go traveling <laughs> one day when we hit a million <laughs> we don't hit a million followers <laughs> hopefully Alex my plan yeah. is we'll go traveling one day Open to go and feel find good a feel good club yeah, abroad yeah. exactly yeah, no. yeah. Um, the goal is to go worldwide with feel good club so mm-hmm. hopefully that'll be when I go traveling yeah Thank you so much for coming on guys Loved and for it. being so present as well because you've got so much going on uh Instagram page shop everything do you want to shout out your handle on Instagram and where they can find you you shop yeah so we are at we are feel good club on Instagram at feel good club on TikTok we're now starting we're venturing into TikTok now which is a new world Amazing. isn't it it is um, and you can come and find us in the physical world in Northern Quarter Hilton Street head that way and you'll see our you'll just see pink stuff all right well that was amy and kira of feel good club thank you both so much for taking part in this episode of breaking social i'm sure we can all agree that their marketing strategies are going to take them to some really exciting places and that we can all be very excited about what that leads them to in the future Thank you to Amy and Kira for joining us on this episode and thanks so much for listening to Breaking Social. Make sure you subscribe to us so you're notified when an episode drops. And if you want to keep up with what we're doing at Campfire, make sure to follow us on our socials in the show notes. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. 